Music City? Comedy City? With the recent closure of the Hoxton, Silver Dollar Room, and Hughes Room, there seems to be a very strong trend opposing the once sought-after Music City, dubbed by Toronto Mayor John Tory. Welcome back, Never Sleepers, to another episode of Ross Never Sleeps. I'm your host, Alex Ross. Be sure to check out the incredibly stacked lineup of podcasts we have already released for you this week. Hunter Collins is on Nick Beaton's This Is Not A Safe Space, and the legendary Jason Rouse is on The Potato Files with Jeff Paul. Be sure to check out NeverSleepsNetwork.com every week for Toronto's best and original podcasts. Starting next week, our comic book podcast featuring local artists and writers working for the greats like Marvel and DC, Aaron Broverman's Speech Bubble, is now a weekly podcast on Thursdays starting next week. Today's chat on RNS is with comedian Garrett Jameson and musician Ryan Spratt of Spraticus and formerly Vince Lombardi. They come and chat about their ideas to help Toronto be a better music and comedy city. And who better than the ones in the trenches telling Mayor John Tory how to make this city better for entertainment. Be sure to check out and join Ryan at his Sunday Weekly Jam at On Cue and, of course, the always funny Garrett Jameson at GodofComedy.com and on this episode of Ross Never Sleeps. So you are what one quarter of Vince Lombardi? One fifth. One fifth. There's a yeah. lot of you in this band. Yeah. Well, we don't really do it anymore, though. Yeah. Like, no. That I, band is uh, sure. kind of retired at this point. But uh, yeah, it's me, Mike Simpson, Lucas Gadkey, uh, Daryl Polson, and Josh Patrick. Daryl Polson. I know. Daryl's busy playing bluegrass in a band called Slow Can Ramblers right now. And where does this band come about? Because, How does it happen? Yeah, like when I saw you, you seem like, you know, maybe you had a little bit of math rock in you. Like math you, rock? Yeah, yeah probably. <laughs> but like, I didn't expect. Progably. Oh. Uh, that's Garrett Jameson in the house. Oh, hello. <laughs> with Ryan Spratt. Yeah. We're talking music. We're talking performance. We're talking about you guys coming together. Yeah. Last time we saw you was in October yep. for the Art and Comedy Show. Yes. October 16th. And now it's January 16th, Blue Monday. Ah. The bluest, oh. the saddest day of the year. It's a apparently. sad day, but I don't feel sad. I no, feel I great. Feel, I feel pretty good. Oh, yeah. Well, I've just been sleeping for the last 14 hours. Oh, so. You haven't had time to feel emotion <laughs> yet. <laughs> is that is that when you're so depressed that you don't feel emotion yeah, yeah, at it, all? Okay, good. Then I'm feeling great, guys. Sleep makes you feel good, I feel right? quite refreshed. Yeah. So are, is this going to be a continual thing? I know you guys are coming in here. You're telling me March, you're saying there's going to be a show, potentially? Yeah. With another com- kind of through, part two? Through Comedy Records, uh, they're going to be having an award ceremony mm-hmm. uh, for XM. Oh, that's yeah. very exciting. Yeah, so it's going to be pretty cool. Is it going to be the same kind of bit? Well, as... with, with us? Yeah. Well, our set will, but the whole show in general will oh, of be course. a little, yeah, a little different. Oh, no, of course. But this is new jokes backed by, is your band now called Spraticus? Spraticus, that's right, yeah. And uh, the new band is me, uh, Michael Murray on guitar, and Josh Park on drums. As a musician, how do you change genres almost from band to band? Is that the whole point of being a musician? You're like, Mondays, I'm in a prog uh, band. Tuesdays, I'm doing rap. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, I mean, like, I, how do I do that? I don't know. I mean, I just, like, have always kind of listened to different music and wanted to play different music. So, like, even in Garrett's act, we'll do songs that are, like, metal or songs that are, like, punk rock, but then also do some, like, nice Brazilian bossa stuff. Because with his thing, we're just yeah. trying to, like, keep people a little off guard. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want it to be all one style because that's boring, I think. Yeah. Like, it's more fun to be like, and now it's, like, this type of song, and now it's, like, this. You can you jump know? around, you know? Because the jokes jump around themselves. So if the music also jumps around, it's just very fitting. Yeah. Well, I mean, anything that combines two art forms smoothly yeah is not an easy feat so when it's done well 
it just becomes too, you know, it's like a, a one plus one experience or a one yeah. squared experience. You know what I mean? Like, how do you know when you're doing the right thing? How do you know when you're not taking away I don't. from one or the other? <laughs> yeah. We do not. This is a very much an experiment. And I would say, like, we started doing this, Garrett and I, with, like, a band. Well, that was last year, right? Yeah. It was, like, late 2015. It was, yeah, late 2015, and then I left. I went away. And then he went away for a while. So, like, we did the set a bunch of times, and uh, it was tough, especially at first, because, like, when you're playing music in a band, you know... You work on like four or five tunes and then you have a 25 minute, 30 minute set. With Garrett, we worked like really hard to get little musical tidbits for each of his jokes. And he does a lot of like one liners. So it's like this one liner, you do this sound, which is like 10 seconds. And then you have to stop and then you have to listen to what he says next, know when to come in with the next bit. And it's completely different. So to put together 10 minutes took like a long time. Because they're also learning my act then, which I never really set. And I also have to put together a set list which normally I would just go up and I'm like, I know my jokes, so I'll throw them in different orders yeah, and stuff and like that. you can't do that because he can't just put his jokes <laughs> out of order. Now you kind of can because I know your act. So if yeah. you go somewhere, like go to a different joke, it's like, oh, okay, we're skipping. Skipping like, and going ahead. Yeah. 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 Well, you look at big concert productions of even like comedians, like Kevin Hart yeah. has like a like a 12-piece band behind him, even if it's just for the intro and outro. Yeah. It seems like at any moment, he'll be like, all right, guys, I'm going to take 10 minutes. Here's my band. But they're just standing there for the moment. There's no rim shot. There's no... So it's more like a monologue. It's more like, or, you know, like Conan O'Brien. You stole the words right out of my mouth. It's like you and the Roots. It's like Jimmy Fallon and the Roots, kind of. So how do you know... When it's working, though, not, not not necessarily, you know, one is taking away from each other. But have you ever gotten to a point, Garrett, where you're like, oh, yeah, that just made that joke that maybe was a, like a five oh, yeah. out of ten to there, yeah. a, a ten out of There's ten. There's definitely some things where I'm like this, like adding uh, music to even the there's a joke about cadaviar <laughs> where it's just a, a joke. If I tell it by myself, it can get mixed reactions where this it has the entertaining uh what is it, New Orleans jazz, you call yeah, it? Yeah, and you do your little song and dance Yeah, song at the and end. dance. And so, like, people are like, oh, it's an offensive joke, but I'm uh, very, uh, I'm, I'm in love with this. So, you guys are, you guys are lucky. Yeah. You're a music <clears throat> fan, and you're a comedy fan. Definitely. So, when you come together, it's easy to understand, like, okay, this is how we're going to work together. Uh, but when does it not, like, you're in, the stu- you're in the rehearsal space, and you're like, guys, this is just not working. Oh, that's uh, weird. T- like, today, like, my timing, like, singing timing is off. Right. So it's just kind of funny how I can see I can see the guys being like, all right, <laughs> just get it together here, man. I'm like, don't worry, I'll, I'll, I'll get it together. If if musicians weren't the hardest people to work with, it's probably can comedians are probably close second to that. Uh, I don't know if they're hard to work with. I mean, some can be. I, don't, I think I'm a pretty easy guy. Garrett is a disaster to work yeah, with, yeah. but most comedians are fine. <laughs> yeah. Really nice people. So let's I'm talk, real tyrants. Yeah. Let's talk about music, okay? okay? We're all, there's something we can all agree here on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, what are your origins of your kind of style? Where did you realize, okay, I'm going to pick up guitar? Like, yeah. who's the person that made you want to pick up a guitar? Well, I'm a bass player. I should point that out. Like, so for me, it was, I mean, when I was a kid, I was like obsessed with Beatles records and I loved like Bob Marley and Motown and stuff like that. And then when I was like 14, I think probably started, well, I love like hip hop and stuff. I love everything. Right. But I think like Led Zeppelin probably really made me want to like play in a wicked band like that, you know? So John Paul Jones on bass. The guy is the best. I saw them Crooked Vultures. Yeah. A couple, I, mean, I guess it's got to be eight years now. Yeah. Or, or I feel old all of a sudden. I know, I know. And that was the closest I've ever gotten. Like, I've seen pieces of Led Zeppelin almost. <laughs> yeah. like a... I've almost collected them all. <laughs> <laughs> and how about you? Like, Garrett, you, you are a comedy guy, but you're a metal fan. You know, you and Ken Mode, that's like a thing. Yeah, but uh, I'd say it all came from, actually, the one Ken Mode guy, uh, he would give me my music to listen to, and he said I would really love this one particular band, and uh, the band was Primus. Yep. And uh, that was like my all-time favorite band. And from there, it made me want to pick up the bass. Yeah. But like I said earlier, I don't have the timing for it. So like I just have a bass and I can kind of go ding 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 right or play some I can play Southbound Pachyderm on the bass okay right and uh, but yeah so then from there because they they're a funny band that's what I was also 
Any band that could be funny is the ones that I'd go after. Like even uh, Busta Rhymes, like all his music videos were hilarious. Yeah. Um, so I was like a big fan. Red Man is hilarious. Yeah. Like, so I was just a fan of anyone who did anything funny in their music videos. And I'd be like, yes, that's who I enjoy. I grew up as a huge Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Grades, grades seven through nine is all I listen to is Weird Al. Mm-hmm. And uh, did I tell you about the time that I met him? No. I was, I was 26 years old. And uh, I saw Weird Al walking down Young Street. He was here for a show. I wasn't here just hanging out. Yeah. But I saw him and I was like, I worked a tour guiding job at the time. So our station was Young and Dundas Square. And uh, I see him walk by. I'm like, oh my God, that's Weird Al Yankovic. So I go running over to him like, you're Weird Al. And he's like, that's what they call me, right? (laughs) I was like, yeah, uh, uh, I just want to say I'm like a huge fan of yours and I always listen to you. Like, And as I was talking, I started to... Because you know how you put people on pedestals? Yes. Like from especially teenage <laughs> puberty. You were in yeah. fanboy mode. I was in fanboy yeah. mode. And then I started crying, talking to Weird wow. Al. Did you really? Yeah, yes. And I had to stop myself because I'm like, this is absurd right now. Like, <laughs> you're 26 I'm like, I'm year a 26 year old man. man crying, talking to Weird Al. Going, I'm sure that happens I a lot. I think yeah. you're the best and I just want to. And it's like, and he's oh, just kind of like, all right, though. buddy. Like, he's just kind of like, oh, cool. Here's a dollar. Mm, right? <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> Get out of here. Yeah, but I got his. Uh, I got his autograph in my joke book. Uh, That's great from that era, from that time period. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he's got to be the nicest guy in the celebrity realm. Seems like a nice oh, guy. Yeah. He's a staunch vegan. Has yeah. been for a long time. He's like l- probably almost six years old now. He looks like his late forties. Like he's so he can healthy. put his leg behind his head. Yeah, very flexible. He's sixty years old. Oh yeah, he's he's pushing. Yeah, he looks like he hasn't aged at all since like ninety one. Well, think about it. He's been huge <laughs> yeah. since the eighties. Let's say yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, that's that's lasagna. A Forty year and, uh, career. Eat it and uh, what was the other like his uh, early uh, stuff? Another one rides the bus. Yeah, his big one. Yeah, first. I year. love Rocky Road. I love Rocky Road. Yeah. It, what, it was it was the doctor. Demento. Demento show. Yeah. And that's like They're coming 85. to take me away. Haha. <laughs> They're coming to take me away. You remind oh, me of uh, Dr. Demento. Demento? Demento. Demento? Dr. Yeah. Mentos. This, <laughs> spot, this show is sponsored by Mentos. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, there's a lot of like connections to that comedy. You guys, yeah. and I mean, I'm not saying you guys are parody artists. I mean, I think Weird Al is the only one that really does what he does well, yeah. which is why he's now the comedy bang bang music leader. I don't right. know if you guys are, are yeah. familiar. Yeah, it was Reggie Watts before, right? That's right. So yeah. he's replaced Reggie Watts. Like, this guy's yeah. got an, a career that's still going crazy. The box set that he just released is in the form of an accordion it's amazing oh really that's yeah, all amazing yeah, oh yeah that's yeah, pretty cool he treats his fans well you exactly. know what i mean like if somebody's into it it's like and actually we haven't mentioned yet frank zappa for sure yeah, oh that was, on, huge that was next on my list yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely and zappa definitely is more of like a serious musician but has the wicked sense of humor and well he has you know. those albums that says uh that i think the albums are called does comedy belong in or yeah 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 or does, does humor, humor belong, belong in music, music? Yeah, yeah yeah well that's the kind of vibe i almost get when i see you guys performing together where yeah. instead of Garrett being almost like a singer-songwriter, he's a, a writer that kind of performs, you know, when Frank kind of goes off. Yeah. And he starts talking to the audience and stuff like that. That's the kind of shtick that I, the vibe I get from you guys, which is so interesting. I'm, I'm so glad you guys are continuing to do this. Yeah. What, do you, what about doing like a monthly thing where you have other acts, other comedians, not necessarily backed with the band, but the band stays on stage? I like, guess yeah. something you guys are looking to try to expand, to expand as an idea? Oh, he definitely loved it. Do I don't know? Do something. We haven't talked about yeah the future mm-hmm. of that, but getting into music festivals would be pretty cool. Like, yeah, music I, festivals or comedy festivals would yeah, be so, awesome. And by doing this way, you can get into both. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's just it, right? Yeah. And and how many times are music festivals like we need something different? Yeah, yeah. We, we don't need music. <laughs> like we need something more than just music. Mm-hmm. What about visuals? You ever think about adding visuals to your comedy, like kind of doing like a backdrop or? Yeah, we just uh, we're giving the uh, the audience members acid. <laughs> Small hits of acid. <laughs> yeah, it's much easier than having to like deal with a projector and wires and shit. Yeah, I don't. I don't deal with technology too well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they put on their own light show in their minds. Yeah. So Ryan, back to your line of, of bands. The yeah. band you're with now, Spraticus. Yeah. You know, is that uh, the kind of band you want to see going on tour? Do you guys want to just kind of continue that as much as possible? All of that would be awesome. I think it's like we definitely have some work to do with just getting recordings done, which is what we're going to do with Garrett, too. So, yeah, I should mention, like, my band, uh, I do shows separate from the stuff with Garrett, and then we also do stuff with Garrett. And when I'm doing stuff separate from Garrett... uh, 
usually I have uh, my friend Mike Simpson singing. Who he's was, he's pretty great. He's awesome, and he was in Vince Lombardi, and I should have mentioned that. I did mention that earlier, but uh, yeah. So with Spraticus, I I get him, and like we were talking about getting him in with uh, the Garrett Jameson stuff too. So I really I have uh, you know my options are pretty open at this point, which I like. I uh, I like doing stuff with my band and then bringing it with Garrett stuff, and we could do like combining both of those things. And uh, yeah, sky's the limit. Pretty excited. We're all about the same age here. Yeah. So we all have similar interests. It's it's funny. We're all about 30. Mm-hmm. Um, we're talking about Frank Zappa. You know what I mean? It's it's not a very common thing between 30-year-olds to be talking about Frank Zappa. But you'd be, you'd be surprised on how many people know his line of or his yeah. work, well, right? Because he's an artist. Yeah. I think more than anything, it's the people that really, like Bowie, especially too, like there's a reason why everybody knows who these people yeah. are. Because their art form may be music, but it's larger than that. And especially with Frank Zappa, because he was doing a lot of freedom of speech and mm-hmm. the parental advisory stuff that oh, was yeah. going on. <laughs> like he's he's a protester. He's a he's a, a, a speaker of the people. Yeah. But another thing that we all have in common is kind of like an appreciation for video games. At least the 8-bit chip mm. tunes yeah and that's can be heard a lot on, on vince lombardi and how do you mix that kind of style with today's kind of rock and roll formulaic stuff because you, you have this amazing ability to not make it sound like it's too edm you have this amazing ability to make it sound kind of fun and hip but it also brings me back to the 90s <laughs> sure yeah i don't know i mean uh I, I don't know how we do it we just we just, <laughs> just do it yeah, we yeah. just do it i mean you know, I have uh, friends who are probably hipper with all that stuff, like knowing how to create eight bit music. But I'm I'm just really like open to all of it. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's the key. Any any sound is cool with me. That's why I like. You know, I went to Humber for jazz brag. Um, Ooh, yeah. <laughs> so, but you know, like I I can play like upright bass and uh, do like jazz standards and stuff like that. But also, you know, love hip hop and so. I guess what I wanted to want to do is just be able to to use any sound like, you know, acoustic instruments or computers and keyboards, guitars, drums, like anything. If I think it's good, then I'm using it, you know. And what advice do you have for bands that are just kind of coming together now? maybe that don't have the experience that you have. What's changed? What's different? Especially in Toronto, mm. where we're seeing rooms like Hughes Room close, yeah. the Hoxton, like things that you would think would have some life left in them, especially with Tory, our mayor, being like, oh, no, we're music city. We're a yeah. huge music city. <laughs> I don't buy that at all. I mean, like they say that, but they don't do anything to actually act on that. You know, Elaborate like, on that. Well, I mean, like I have a friend who just yesterday or just today posted that he got a like, parking ticket because he parked past two oh in the yeah Dave i Barnes. saw that yeah <laughs> you know what i mean like and just like they over here at the banknote just around the corner like load in load ins and loadouts are impossible you know they just i feel like maybe i can't cite specific examples but i feel like sometimes it's like the music is thought of as an inconvenience rather than something that we really are welcoming and like we want to be pro music like the whole we're a music city thing i I'm not seeing it, yeah, to be honest. I see it like in little pockets. Like I love Junction City Music Hall. It's a great place. You ever been there? Out west. Uh, um, yeah. On, in, the, in, in the junction. Yeah, Dundas yeah, yeah, and yeah. Keel. Like that's Near a 30, really 30. good spot. Yeah. But it's, and it's like, and they are geared towards music. Like their find, problem is that, like you can't even, I, I've, I've been there so many times I can't find it every time I go there. I think the places that have better uh, music scenes are more the blue collared uh, artist cities. Like right. Tor- Toronto is more of a corporate Definitely. make money any way they can, and like music really doesn't. If it's already recorded, it's going to be on the radio. They can get someone to press play on a uh, computer type thing. Whereas in Hamilton or Winnipeg or Edmonton, like you go to those types of cities, and they usually make it more. There's music festivals all year round in those places, mm. and it's more conducive for music. I find in blue collared cities. Probably, than in- I mean, like we we love music in Toronto, but I just. I, don't, I mean, I guess we're just spoiled here a little bit, you yeah. know, like we have so much, so many different things that we're just like, yeah, eh, I'm over it. Like, what's this? A music festival? Uh, okay, well. <laughs> we roll through stuff pretty Yeah, quickly. like, I don't know, like maybe I'll go to a Jays game or maybe I'll go to like some amazing it, restaurant. It might even be that there's it. too much stuff. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, we're, there's nine million people yeah. at any given time in the downtown core. You know, how do you expand the music without making it too expensive for right. people to get in? 
how you know to compensate you guys so the bar is like well listen i'll give you the door only but if yeah. i have a quiet night i can't promise you the money that you're owed mm-hmm. yeah you know what if any quick changes in your head every time you play a gig because you probably gig a lot like yeah. what, what are the quick things like i like that idea almost like maybe getting a permit for load-ins and load-outs for bands that would specifically be nice. yeah. that would be or nice, maybe yeah. a venue gets like a pass that they give to their band that they can put on Definitely. Or like an easier load-in area, kind of like a handicap parking, but for bandicaps. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was going to challenge you on that. Yeah. Then the pun came. <laughs> <laughs> Do you see any similarities when it comes to comedy? Like, what are the restrictions? Like, I mean, let's be honest. Comedy clubs in Toronto, there's only really like seven or eight. I mean, there's a lot of rooms. Yeah, there's a ton of like bars that will allow you to perform at. It's different. I find like the similar thing is you're both on stage. Yeah. On nightly type thing but uh with comedy traveling with comedy is a lot different than traveling with a band the setup for comedy is easy i mean stand-up comedy you walk up you don't bring a microphone you just like get up and you're good to go with bands you got to have the drums the yeah. amps you got to set up you and you're usually check. and you with comedy you're there on a weekend usually like if you're out of town you're there for the weekend so you're usually part like parked in the same spot for a while whereas bands you'll go in any day of the week play and then pack up and leave and then go to the next town which is a lot of lifting. Right. So do more bars or music venues that also happen to be bars, should they be having more stock instruments? Like, is it is it more of a responsibility on the uh, bars? Maybe the city kind of subsidizes, you know, equipment if they're a bar owner? Maybe. I mean, a drum kit goes a long way. Maybe, like, because they're not going to give you a guitar and be like, yeah. hey, you can just play this guitar. People want to play their own guitars. But back drum kit. Yeah, drum kit. Yeah, yeah drum kits. And, uh, like amps. Drum kits and amps would go a long way for sure. And some places do that. What are some of your favorite rooms to play in? I should mention that I do a it's weekly some, yeah, jam. It's really cool. You should check this out. I do a weekly jam <laughs> at a billiard hall called On Cue Billiards. Okay. And it's at Jane and Annette, which okay. is like, you know, pretty West End, but I live out there. And uh, it's great. We just like from on Sundays from five to eight, which is a weird time slot, but it's just nice, easy Sunday afternoon jam. And we call it the under the radar jam session. So the idea is like you basically can just do whatever. If you're like a musician who wants to get started on doing something or is trying out a new idea, this is the place to do it. It's like this kind of jam. Yeah. The, and that's what's really cool is like, because I, I, I don't know, I'm just assuming, but I assume there's not that many places in the city that where you can have like an open jam session for musicians. Like comedy, you can kind of go up, try out new material and whatever. It works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't, right? That can even happen to material that you've, no works yeah no work right (laughs) so it so like there's more areas i think to improv and do whatever you want in comedy but with music yeah there's not as many places where it's sort of a jam session area and i think it's perfect in a pool hall because the people they don't really have to pay attention but you can kind of just be the ambiance around them right yeah it's good for that so i mean like there are things like there's the rex jam that they do every tuesday but that's really i mean like i've never even I feel like I, you know, I'm fairly confident in my musical abilities, but I've never gone up to that jam because I think you have to be like a really yeah. killing jazz musician. You don't have to be, but like, I don't, I still wouldn't want to get up there and make a fool of myself. You know what I mean? And like not be able to keep up. I'd just be like, oh God, I feel like a loser. <laughs> you know what I mean? Make a noise. But oh. maybe you bring that up to their attention. Maybe, yeah. you know, that's the thing. I think we are always afraid of kind of engaging with these open jams or open yeah. mics but sometimes you just gotta be like guys like where where do i fit in or like i mean i think a lot of the issue around toronto's inclusiveness is that people are under the impression that you can't talk to these people right oh you can talk to anyone you want to oh really i i do believe that is a right we all have thank yeah. you frank zappa no problem <laughs> you can li- yeah you can talk to anyone <laughs> but i just think it's we always there's like a little bit of a stigma in toronto of, of reaching out yeah. to people yeah there is there is that though i do understand that. why why do you you agree uh well just because you don't know them that's all it yeah, is it's you're such ta- a big city you're, right? you're talking to strangers in a way but if anyone messaged me, I wouldn't mind. Do you know what I mean? Like, but then if I put the shoe on the other foot and I'm like thinking about messaging someone else, I'm like, ah, I don't want to bother them. But I guarantee you, vast there's are there are some people who are very busy and don't have the time to waste. But there's people who do have time that they're like, yeah, message me if you have a question that pertains to something that I do. Yeah. Do they pay you at the Jane and Annette location for they that? They do. Jam? They do. I mean, like they don't pay us much, and we set up a tip jar. But it's really not about the money for that 
gig. I mean, it couldn't be about the money because we don't make much, but they give us a little bit and then um, they give you some beer as give well. Give us free beer and like some free food. We play pool and stuff. And it's like, you know, again, really close to my house. So it's just, it's ideal for me right now. You're just not allowed to be vulgar on stage. Yeah, but you or can no, be offensive. Yeah, you, you can just, be offensive. You, you, can't, be, you can't swear. So That's we, this thing. is what I, yeah, this, <laughs> I, the guy who does it is he, he plays by his own rules. It's, nice. it's great. He's like a character from a Coen Brothers movie. He is. Okay. He's awesome. <laughs> That could be almost anything. <laughs> Shout out to Rich from On Cue, On Cue Billiards. So is that technically Etobicoke? Uh, no, because it's well, you have to pass South Kingsway in order to be Etobicoke. Sure. I live in Etobicoke, but I'm like right by the bridge, the Humber Bridge. That's so I'm like on mill. the edge of Etobicoke. But it's, where, did, yeah. where did you guys meet? Good question. I was a fan of the Boom Comedy Group. Did you ever see them? No. That was Garrett's old sketch comedy group. Loved them with like Hannon and Jay and Aton. And at that time, it would be Dan Gallia as well. And yep. Tim Dorsch and Desiree Lavoie and Deb Robinson and uh, Keith Pedro. Hilarious group. I, I, we'd go Brent to Potty. watch them. Me and my friend Mike Simpson, who I've mentioned a few Robin times. Robin Palmer. Nikki Payne was in it for a little bit. Yeah. Gilson Lubin for a while. Oh, keep, wow. Is that it? I don't know. I'll keep going. And I'll just, so just keep Just cut me off when yeah. I'm in the middle of something. That, oh, uh, Chef Yasher. Yeah. I saw a sketch one time you had Scott Thompson with you, right? Yeah. yeah. He shoved a fish in my mouth. Nice. Yeah. That's Where a good did you one. get a fish? Uh, the market. Okay. <laughs> it was a raw fish. Oh, yeah. God. Uh, what was I talking about again? Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm sure how, Scott's how done worse. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I met... So we'd go to watch them and then Hannon. we were... Hannon was with a guy, Tom Uhas, and then Hannon, I think, sort of like was a, became aware of Vince Lombardi. She brought you to a show. Yeah. And I remember talking to you after a show that we did at this place. You know the place uh, called Get Well? In, of course. Yeah. It used to be called The Port. Which okay. was a perfect place to put on shows. This is another venue where you could just do whatever the hell you wanted, which is uh, something I really like and value. I don't really like being told what to play so much because it happens a lot when I do like, you know... Mm-hmm gigs where you are getting paid like weddings that's how i make a good a good amount of my money you know what i mean uh you're a professional musician exactly and it's like they want to hear you know top 40 and that's a situation where you are working for them so that's stop wait a minute something something put my liquor in it you got it (laughs) you got it Good that you said something something because we couldn't afford that song if you hit those notes (laughs) that's right uptown funk gonna bring it to you or whatever Uptown funk. <laughs> uh, so you, you know, tell when, us more how you're not a singer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when it's like my t- our turn or whatever to do our own thing, it's just like I don't want to be told like just whatever. Like, hey, you guys should play more like this, play more like that. It's like you need venues where you really can just do your own thing and like do something like that. So anyway, we did a show and with Vince Lombardi and Garrett came up and was like, uh, "Hey, you guys are awesome!" Like shaking hands and then you know like let, i'd love to do something in the future and that was like 2011 or 12 or something like a but, long time ago but you, you did a video the video and i played oh it yeah your right father. i forgot about that because so you, you had me you had me do it. some yeah. stuff yeah. so i yeah then we put together some sketch videos for vince lombardi and uh we worked on that a long time and uh probably should have spent more time writing scripts writing jokes you know what i mean but these are the sorts of things that you figure out along the way like if you can improvise music you can almost improvise that too yeah but we didn't improvise the music though we wrote the music and the music was like well put together and the sketches were fine but you know i'm like a perfectionist so i was like ah, it's not funny enough but we got garrett to play the role of my dad in the first sketch video that we made i punch an ice cream cone out of his hand and into his face that's true that was a good clip maybe i should put that up sometime i've always talked about potentially releasing it i just didn't because it was like i just didn't feel like it really <laughs> do it you just gotta mustard. do it you just but isn't it more like mysterious to know that it exists but you can't see it like doesn't that create more intrigue i mean but <laughs> no, once but, it's but, available but, yeah. only i only <laughs> garrett and i know about it though and, now and and nobody nobody knows who we really are I that's know. the other thing hey did you hear about these guys that you've never heard of they have this thing that you isn't really see. out you can't see it's the same cool. guy who scott thompson put a raw fish in his <laughs> yeah, mouth yeah. and now he's punching an ice cream truck <laughs> yeah that's pretty cool oh that guy oh yeah yeah viral yeah 
Instant. No, I don't think you need to worry about that. And, and I think you're actually giving more advice than you realize subconsciously. As a musician, what I'm hearing is, you know, have a job that pays. If you're actually going to work in music, make some of that dough. It's oh, yeah. not easy. Being a professional musician is probably the hardest. Next to comedian, is they're probably artists. Art, yeah. Being yeah. an artist is the hardest to make money and the to make hardest. happy. Yeah. I should mention, too, that I also <laughs> teach I teach music at a private school two days a so week. So there you go. So, yeah. I got to do stuff like that. You, know? you have to. You have to pay the bills but you also need to have your creative outlets whether it's yeah. an open mic for a comedian or a, a show that's kind of specific to you working on new material yeah or having your jam at annette and jane yeah. streets you know follow your dreams no question no one's saying that it's not possible but i think we live in a day and age if you live in a metropolitan city have a day job hopefully it's in your your field but be sure to focus on that you know i i we live in Canada, so we have a lot of youthful dreams instilled on us, whether you're a hockey player to be, yeah, you know, or a musician or an artist to be. They don't really teach us right off the beginning. Well, you know, if this doesn't work out, yeah. Like, when do you realize, both of you, that, you know, I, I'm like, how many times do I watch TV now and see Garrett on a commercial? You know right. what I mean? And a pair like, of tight pants. And a pair of tight jeans. <laughs> I, I emailed him, I texted yeah. him, I said, I, this is the best. Like, I need to see you doing this because then when I know you're doing, you know, five nights a week doing gigs and you're probably only getting paid two, if not yeah. less, oh, yeah. that you can still do that. I could still, and you could still be happy about mm-hmm. it because nothing's worse. I mean, take this as a joke, if you will, yeah. but nothing's worse than a sad artist. Oh, yeah. It, it, not in this. <laughs> yeah, I know. Unless, <laughs> unless that's their art form is being yeah. sad. I've or made like a sad comedian. That's yeah. like a sad, like tears of a clown, yeah. you know, like uh, the clown who's like, oh, happy yeah. on stage, yay! <laughs> and then off stage, oh, God, yeah. this <laughs> This kid's you, killing I don't know. Uh, See, the opposite is pretty much every other comedian in real life, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey. Uh, uh, no, I think uh, I, I've never been deeply depressed, I don't think. Well, you, like, I've never woken up with Not until today. I've never got... Yeah, yeah, not until blue <laughs> Just one day happened. You've worked very hard to get to this point, though. Yeah, well, the, the, the key, I think, to any artistic endeavor is just simple work. Like, it's just working on things yeah. and just doing things and constantly doing things. That's probably all it is. Because the moment you stop, like, the, for the past two weeks, I haven't done a set mm. up until, I think, the, this past weekend. But I was back in Winnipeg. I was having nightmares and dreams that I, like, even my dreams are telling me to keep following comedy. Like, it's... Right. Yeah, yeah. You like were it, having a, a dream that you were, like, bombing? or that Yeah, you, go up on stage yeah. and, like, what's my material? What am I doing here? Why... I haven't... How long was the last time I was on stage? Like, those were my... And it was a reoccurring yeah. dream. It was in different venues, almost. But right. in my... My dreams were constantly telling me to just go back and do... Yeah. Yeah, and, like, this, this like, weekly jam that I'm talking about, like, you know, I have, like I said, my own, my own band, Spraticus, but, you know, I got a book gigs for that way in advance i gotta like schedule the rehearsals and make sure everything's like really good promote it it's a lot of work just to get a little local show off the ground so i kind of view the weekly jam thing as for me like i'm not gonna go to open mics like a comedian necessarily but like you gotta do that shit like you gotta go you gotta be on stage that's otherwise you're just practicing in your house like for me it's like <laughs> what what am i doing and then, you know what i mean basically like, masturbate in public because yeah. if you're not you're just <laughs> masturbating at home alone or you'll never procreate. Or you'll never procreate, yeah. yeah. Masturbate in public, folks. Yeah, so it's like, a, and like, I feel like I gotta be playing music. Like, if when I'm not playing music, that's probably when I get like bummed out. Sure. You know? So. It's networking. It's networking, but it's also just like the physical act of it, you know? Like, I guess maybe it's different from comedy because comedy, it's like, you have to have that reaction from the crowd. Otherwise, you're uh, <laughs> uh, just a voice talking well, in an empty you room. You need some reaction. That's why I think some comics, they don't go after laughs at first. They go after the people getting angry and offended. Yeah. yeah that's why, I, like, they just need a, a reaction. From right. A gut right. reaction. A gut right. reaction where, like, if if they're not good enough to make people laugh, then they're good enough probably to make them go, ugh. Like, right. ugh. Maybe that's ugh. worth something. Yeah, yeah. But I was going to say, like, for me with music, it's like there's a physical thing I feel of, like, playing bass, like upright bass or electric bass or singing, like, and just hearing the sound of being on stage. Like, it's a physical thing that I feel and then I, when I don't feel that, I miss it, you know? 
And I think most people who don't get into their own art form of choice, you know, everybody has creativity. Yeah. And it's tough when you work, you know, uh, uh, 40 hours a week or, or more. Definitely. And then you want to come home and be like, do I really want to pick up this laborious instrument? And, right. But I think it's very therapeutic and more people need to have mm-hmm. a lot more opportunities to kind of explore this creative meaning. The problem is, and I've been to a, my fair share of open mic jams just yeah. to go participate or, you know, watch friends play. There isn't enough kind of camaraderie, even yeah. in, in the musicianship. Like, we're, none of all of us are good. Like you said at the Rex, I feel like the Rex would be a little bit better of a place to kind of approach these people. But what are the like when you have your jam? Yeah, what's your rules? How do you make it so people feel welcome? Yeah, well, I mean, the title, like I said, we call it the Under the Radar Jam Session. So the idea is you're not like it's this is not a high pressure gig. This is the opposite of a high pressure gig. There's people playing pool. And they're doing their own thing. Some of them have headphones yeah. in. <laughs> some, of them are, some of them are like pool pros. You know what I mean? Like they're there to focus on pool playing. So like they're over at one end of the big room and we're on stage. And uh, we just kind of keep saying like, hey, you know, this is a low pressure thing. Like on the mic, I mean, we'll be saying like, we're going to keep playing some tunes for you guys. If anybody here is a musician, if you feel like playing, like hop on up. If you want to sing a tune, that's fine. If you're a comedian, you want to do some jokes, like you go ahead too. Like Garrett did his, because we, we were doing a, a practicing for the set, right? So we wanted to like go over it. We did lots of rehearsals, but then we also did the set at On Cue Jam. Oh, brilliant. Because this guy, like the guy who works there is really cool and will let us... Just do stuff like that. Plays by but, his own rules. But like I said, not allowed to swear. So I had to change some swears. Sure, sure. Which is fine. Yeah. Is, Still, he, is he a God-fearing man? Not at all. No. I don't know. No, but he, like, he was crying laughing. He loved it. At, yeah. Uh, yeah. The vulgar stuff. Oh, yeah. He's like, yeah, he loved it, man. So it's just good to have a place. <laughs> like, you need a place to, like, really stretch out, I sure. think. Like, comedians, musicians, whoever, like... You don't want to be, because, you know, like I play in cover bands, which I enjoy. It's a good gig. But like they, you know, the venues and weddings and people, they want to hear certain things a certain way. They don't want you to get all freaky and weird and do something. Do it more freaky. They, yeah. Nobody's, I don't know. Love like that note. That's a jazz yeah. note. Mm, hold, right, it, well, it, hold it, hold it, It's like you don't want to be it. even. Hold it. Or maybe you want to do something very like straight ahead down the middle, but you just want to be able to do whatever it is you really want to do not like mm. you know being told like you gotta play oh can you guys play don't stop believing which is don't a song i play a lot you know believing. and it's like sounds like you really enjoy that song not really <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta hold on to that feeling that's probably the problem i'm not holding on yeah, to the feeling so what other top 40 bands are just like i can't do this anymore but you weekend week out well, I think it's fine to do that, but you probably need you need another outlet because then it stops being about creativity. It's not really about that anymore. You know what I mean? Like it's means to an end. It's like a way to get paid. What comedy festivals do you guys see this kind of going on to? What 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 are some of the bigger festivals? Well, stuff where like for example, like South by Southwest would be a pretty cool oh, one because genius. it's like yeah, yeah, because it's you got the comedy and the music side of things, yeah. so you just get involved with them. Um, there's a couple like Barry Taylor with Comedy Records. He's going to be submitting us to uh, random, like three random festivals that are associated, or like it's one almost back to back to back throughout the summertime, which is pretty cool in uh, in America's Midwest. What are they? I don't remember the that's names, awesome. but yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so that's all. Uh, it's all pretty cool. Yeah, you guys and, better film some stuff. Oh, like like within the van? Because yeah. we're going to have to have a van now, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A tour van. A mystery machine type yeah. thing. I want to see some, like, documentation of this. these trips. For sure. Oh, yeah. That that would uh, that would be necessary. Ryan just got a GoPro, too, so I it's did. perfect, right? I don't know how to we use it We can all wear yet. it on our foreheads and recreate. Uh, <laughs> Put it on your yeah. base head. Yeah, 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 that's the classic. <laughs> yeah, that's the classic one. Have and you then, ever seen like a, a musicians like I've seen footage of musicians wearing a GoPro, like like a drummer wearing a GoPro on his head it looks so dumb. It's yeah, so funny. It is the dumbest huh? look. Ever. It, like, like, you can't take somebody no. serious. I mean, I guess if it's like a comedy show, it'd be fine. But. <laughs> okay, but like even if you put them on the uh, the crowd's forehead, <laughs> just like where they're looking. Like I went, to put it on like five different crowd. I went to that Beastie Boys tour. Oh, yeah, yeah, The one yeah. with they, they gave Is it like, the, oh, yeah. I, awesome, I shot that or whatever that's called? So cool. Yeah. I don't know if that's the exact name. Sounds like it. But yeah, they gave like the first like 100 or so people that walk in the front pit area of like a camcorder. That's awesome. To shoot the video. Yeah. And then they hand out all the gear at the end and then like, they get like they sign a waiver and all this stuff. But that's... 
innovative. That's yeah. that's yeah. well, that's a great exciting. idea because then you don't have to worry about filming it, and not everyone's going to get the best shots, but they might get one or two that are like, oh, that's gold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't want to be that editor though. Oh my <laughs> oh. god, sifting through all that footage. Well, they probably had a, at least I'm assuming ten editors that kind of whittled. For they sure. each watch, let's say, it's ten things. A lot things. of work. Yeah, it's a lot of work. But how long is the show? The show is maybe an hour. Probably more. No, the show's like 90 minutes at least, half, if yeah. not two. I saw the Beastie Boys live Yeah, uh, back in 2007. Did you guys ever see Center. Primus? I have oh, yeah. not. I wish I wow. had seen them when they did their um, Willy Wonka tour, right? I, I did yeah. see that. Uh, was that at Danforth? It wasn't, song? they weren't calling him. Oh, no, 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 no. I they, did not see that one. I saw them with- The 3D I, I saw that the Happy Band. Cool. I think okay, that was called. They were the called? happy band or the uh, the one with the sitar. Oh yeah, and yeah. The sax player with the uh, lady, lady uh, Gabby Lala. Is that her? I, I'm I'm totally the, the uh, she's an Asian girl with right. the pink hair who played the sitar. Right, right, right. right. Or the, the I think it's happy band, family band yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, Maybe, yeah. But yeah, no. Recently they did the tour. No, with did they do like Wonka. two or three sets? Where yeah. it's like first set is like whatever second set is the uh willy wonka music third set is like primus hits or or like yeah. the album frizzle fry like that's an oh. awesome show you know yeah the first time i saw them they did uh sailing the seas of cheese yeah. from start to finish that's what and i saw that was the very first album that i got of theirs yeah like uh and i was like oh yeah this it's all about start like to finish. treating your fans really well right like i mean we're not at that stage yet where we have like um, you know, a million. Yeah, we fans. can we can still treat you all like shit. Yeah, I'm looking forward to treating <laughs> no, the but I mean, like I'm shit sh- for a long time. I'm sure you're thinking about it though, right? Like, how do you? You got to sure reward people. Yeah, yeah. How, yeah. How, how? And that's what we tried to do with Vince Lombardi. Is like we're not going to have a huge audience, but if somebody decides to spend their night like. So they're like, okay, we'll come and see you. You guys made a theatrical, like it was a theatrical performance. Yeah, we like, made it was a sure, rock like you, you got your money's worth. At the very least, you would leave saying, "Well, I've never seen a show like that. That was pretty crazy." Mm-hmm. And the music's like, I know now, looking back, like that our comedy was fine. Like it was okay <laughs> at, at points. We had a couple good jokes, but it mostly was just kind of like strange or just kind of, I don't know, like a little too silly, a little too goofy. But <laughs> the reward would be. When we actually start to play, it's like, oh, these guys can play like Van Halen, or these guys can like really, really rip. And they have a song called uh, "Don't Be a Pussy" that sounds exactly like Van Halen. Yes, it's the first song on that album. You can uh, listen to that and enjoy it. It's a good one. As far as Toronto bands that are like thinking out of the box and this kind of music, it it reminds me a little bit of Tupperware Remix Party. Sure, yeah, yeah, I like those guys. Those guys are fucking phenomenal. Yeah, and that's a that's a, a band that is taking care of their fans, giving them all kinds of stuff they they did like a comic book with their characters doing things they're like kiss you know what i mean mm-hmm. like they're a whole thing like and they're putting uh you know like wearing crazy costumes and like i don't know they're just like they go above and above and beyond that's that's cool man where do okay where do those bands because debonis always asks me this and i'm like that is a good question but where would a band like that go and open jam like let's say Gua- right. like guar like where did guar go like was it always like, okay, just practice, do a show? You'd have to do it like that, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, those guys, <laughs> not, not those guys are from there. Nova Scotia, Tupperware Remix Party. Cool band. Yeah, they're like electro with metal and mm-hmm. stuff. Like and, you know, they put on a really, really good show. Same with Guar. Yeah. And Guar, they're all virtuosos. Like, people don't realize mm, this, but they can they're play, all extremely yeah. talented at their instruments. That's why they're tight. Yeah, like it's, if you've ever been to a show, you're like, okay, there's this giant erect penis shooting purple <laughs> liquid And that's what people talk talk about right yeah, because nobody cares about i mean they care but they don't really care it's about the theatrics and who the the story behind it as well yeah like, that's with any musician we we're talking about this today where in sports like the a person who's got the talent is going to make it to the top if they're the best of the best because it's not really networking you're just a good player at whatever you do and you're going to make it to the top whereas musicians comedy uh, comics like any artist it's not you could be the best of the best but you're not necessarily going on to the next level it's right. the net networking and who you are, the character that you are. Joining that forces yeah, helps. Joining forces, yeah. You know, finding people that are in the same boat as you. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we, I'd say like joining with these guys is a, a great uh, a great time. Just it's a different conduit to yeah. release funny. 
Well, <laughs> speaking about releasing funny onto the world uh, and collaborating, and speaking of Mark DeBonis, who you just mentioned, you've mm. been working with Mark DeBonis quite a bit on a few things. We have the 10-minute podcast network I want to talk about, and we have that beta max bit oh, you guys a, did. Are you guys going to do any more yeah, beta oh, stuff? Oh, yeah, we're going to be doing – he uh, messaged me uh, earlier uh, or last night and today. Um, but, yeah, we're going to shoot like a couple serious – um, soap opera type scenes on beta. Nice. So it's a comedian's acting series, basically. <laughs> so for those who don't know, Mark DeBonis, check him out at 10 Minute Podcast Network. Uh, yeah, he just started that. Dot com, yeah. which he just started. Has this great idea that uh, he's going to use some retro uh, video equipment to shoot some comedy stuff and mix it in with some up to date kind of editing. Very challenging, if I, I can only imagine. It, uh, yeah, it's it's a little challenging right now, but uh, we've added more hardware, so it's it's going to be easier. So now. those videos are definitely on the radar. Check them out. We'll be posting them on Never Sleeps Network Facebook page. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about the Ten Minute Podcast Network? I know you're doing a review show. Yeah, it was simple. It was a. Uh, the bonus has this idea where it's just like ten minute podcasts that are ten minutes, ten minutes, ten minutes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I was over just helping him test out his equipment because he needed someone to help him with it, and he's like, "Do you want to do anything?" I'm like, "I I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'll just read reviews." And then we ended up recording five of them, right? So ten minutes each, and it's just me re- reading horrible reviews from uh, for no frills on Google reviews. <laughs> so it's it's a very simple. Simple thing, but yeah, yeah, it was never really planned. But it turned, it, yeah, it's, it's so far, it, it's getting a laugh every time I tell people about it. Why I think this is poignant is because you're almost doing something that seems simple versus the beta stuff, which is like on the other side of the spectrum, which just doesn't seem like it's simple at all. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 kind of well, the adventure on trying to make stuff on beta. I think is simple, but it's. It's a fun, simple adventure. It's time, it's time consuming. That's for sure. Yeah, time yeah. consuming editing. Like video, yeah, <laughs> that's the thing I. And realized. we're working with like stuff that's forty years old. Sometimes, like it's thirty to forty years old, and so like it's not the best quality. Like when you buy a brand new Betamax tape, you're not buying a brand new. Ba- you're buying some old stuff. <laughs> you're buying something that's tw- at yeah. minimum twenty five years old, right. and ha- where it's been stored, who knows. Oh, like, that's so funny. Yeah. So Where did like, he find it? Where did he get the original camera? Well, the original camera was he bought at a, uh, um, a not a convenience store, um, garage sale. And then he purchased a, a beta player because he had way, no way of playing anything from the... Cause they, <laughs> that's the, how they those get cam- you at those, at those garage sales. Because those, those cameras, they don't have hookups to the TV, right? Like it's before almost like the RCA quality, like yeah. that kind of stuff. So you, you actually have to physically take the tape and put it in something. So a Betamax player. So he purchased that from this guy who brought his Betamax player all the way from communist Russia. Wow. Right? And it's the and the dad has all these old communist Russian military videos, right? And then, so he bought this Betamax player from them. And uh, then he purchased a better Betamax camera that wasn't just $5, he bought it for ninety bucks, and wow. it's a it's a decent it's a decent camera. Yeah, but still by today's standards, obviously, it just seems like it would be such a headache to fucking <laughs> work with that. <laughs> I definitely like doing these uh, Vince Lombardi sketch videos. Like, I had I had kind of gotten into video editing when I was like twelve years old. I was into like movies and stuff, and I wanted to like <laughs> film and do that. And then I realized that like you just spend all of your time in a dark room looking at old footage, like. That's the life. Oh, yeah. So then I quickly lost interest with that. But doing this again, like, man, you got to get your shots have to be really good because yes. you're going to spend so much time editing. And if you are in the editing room and you don't have the shot, you're just like, you're so angry. And uh, screwed. Yeah. like you have to like work a lot of magic. You got to make it happen. So I don't know, man. Like, But to purposely do things on a uh, like because I think DeBonis and I, what we do on purpose a lot of times is uh, bad acting mixed with. <laughs> continuity errors right so that way you can put something together quicker and it just kind of adds yeah yeah yeah, yeah. because like if you purposely are doing that uh then you kind of get away when things don't kind of line up yeah that's true you're not trying to make like a studio motion yeah like it's kind of what alex was saying like you just have to release stuff out there yeah and if people watch it it's 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 more entertaining we're not out there to win oscars right so what garrett's (laughs) telling you is release just release the video i am out here to win oscars yeah (laughs) i'm only here to win comedy oscars i really like the remember the video you did for the uh what was the club that you guys the lot 
Oh, the light? Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, yeah. And the, the DeBonis' face was blurred for sort of, for no yeah. reason. He's <laughs> like, he left the laughter machine on. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He left the laughter, laughter machine laughter, on laughter. all night. night long. So he looked at it like, laughs, laughs, millions of laughs. Is DeBonis in oh. town? Yeah. Yeah, DeBonis is back in town now. So he should film your... Well, yeah, we, in in uh, beta, which would be yeah. great. Yeah, 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 that's a good idea, actually. Because yeah, because we, we can. Because there's one new song that we're working on right now that's very much a John Carpenter style. Yes, that theme would song, be good and it would be that. good with beta. <laughs> yeah, the whole idea is actually. I'll tell you more about this later, but yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely for that. It's definitely been like kind of tangent here, but like it's definitely been a blast doing this stuff with Garrett because it's. Like I said, it's just like you have to use a different part of your brain. We're not using, we're not really playing songs so much. We're basing it off of his comedy routine. It's also great, great watching them uh, when we do it at like places where people really weren't paying attention, they wouldn't know what's going on, and then they're like, "Oh, we're bombing." I'm like, "Welcome to the bomb." World. <laughs> but then it's also <laughs> great watching the them. Bomb. Yeah, it's also great watching them when we do get laughs, and they're like, "Oh my god, that was great!" Like oh, how it's getting how a electric, big laugh is the how electric best. like it feels, and they're just like yeah. they were so pumped after that uh, art show as musicians. You only really get a reaction at the end, most of the time, or after, after like a killing solo, you right? Know what I mean? Right. Like, what, like, yeah, it's it's a totally different thing, and it's just it's it's just very fun. Like this new song that Garrett uh, that we were working on today, like it's just really fun. Like we're trying to just come up with different kinds of sounds, different styles, and like it doesn't have to be all like one thing, and it shouldn't be all one thing because each joke, each story needs its own kind of sound its own style to it you know so like garrett wanted to do this are we are we like keeping it a secret or are you gonna well play here it? I'm gonna, well i'm gonna play the midi version if you oh the midi version is gonna be crap though but oh that song this is a different song, I a different gonna song. Play... no i did but yeah this is a ryan put this together with midi right yeah and the... mike simpson would be ashamed because he wants me to do my demos with ableton to make them sound better I'm kind of into the uh, crappy sounding. <laughs> right, leave, you leave that running. You tell us where we can see your next shows or where we can get up more information. Okay. Um, well, Garrett's website is... What's your website? Uh, oh, uh, godofcomedy.com. Godofcomedy.com. Uh, on Twitter, my name is Ryan Spraticus. This is the best part. <laughs> and I'm Alex Ross. This has been another episode of Ross Never Sleeps. I'm going to put all your links yes, do on that. our pages. I'm excited to see you guys perform again soon. And hopefully you guys go on tour yeah. and shoot a whole lot of content because that's the best stuff for you guys. Oh, yeah, yeah. There will likely be great. a show in March that we will definitely okay. let yeah, you know Yeah, the one that about. we're supposed to do at the end of this month is going to be now in March. We should maybe reveal that we were here to promote the show that was oh, going to happen. You guys yeah. should just come here anytime but you want. But instead we'll just oh, come nice. back before the show in March Perfect. for sure. We'll keep coming back again and again and again and again and again. Sleep tight, never sleepers. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com. Never Sleeps Network.